We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Abner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and man he is today. They chat about topics like the state of boxing, being a husband and a girl dad, sports, music, culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris each week wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. We are already on episode 813. It's kind of hard to believe. I know I say that every week, but you know, that's how numbers work. So they just keep getting bigger as we record more daily episodes of the podcast. Uh, Today, Jacob Westendorf is missing in action because it's his anniversary. So happy anniversary, Jacob and Frankie. But today I am joined by Jimmy and Gage for a change up so you don't have to listen to me and Jimmy once again um, talking about Packers superlatives. Today we have planned for you the Packers defense versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense and it kind of feels like there's a lot to talk about. I mean this is one of the more explosive offenses in the NFL right now. There were a lot of additions to this Bucks roster namely 
future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, Tom Brady. So, Gage, before we get into position-by-position breakdowns here, what were some key things that you felt you noticed with this Buccaneers offense kind of going into the season? Who were you watching specifically? Maybe I know you bring a fantasy angle. So any players that you kind of had your specific eye on? Uh, my main one that I was watching was Godwin. Godwin had, uh, had obviously an explosive breakout year last year. I'm pretty sure he finishes wide receiver three or four in fantasy. Uh, just ton of volume. Um, great at breaking, breaking big plays. I uh, had a good, great connection with Jameis. I was interested to see how he was going to fit with Brady because I felt that he and Brady were a great fit. Obviously, Godwin operates primarily out of the slot versus Mike Evans is more of a downfield guy. And although Godwin's missed time, in the time that he played, that's exactly what we've seen is Godwin has been the guy that Brady wants to target. Mike Evans has gotten the red zone work, but that's because it's closer to the field. Uh, Evans has had some down games so far. OJ Howard had some breakout before, before he was injured. This offense has got a lot of, got a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, Gronk has looked washed for the most part. Uh, he had kind of a good, he had a decent game against Chicago, but he still didn't look great. And he was dealing with an injury all night. I just, I think that this offense is this whole Buccaneers roster was like, look how good they can be. And then so far they've been kind of average for the most part. Like they're three and two. They beat up on Carolina, who none of us thought were going to be that good anyway. They barely beat the Chargers after the Chargers blew a huge lead. Yeah, they and they beat the Broncos. So they beat the Broncos handily. And if I remember correctly, that's the game that, that yeah, Drew Locke didn't even play yep. that game. So, so far they haven't beaten anybody impressive. They've looked bad against good teams. Uh, like, I, th- I think the Bears are a good team. I know not, not a lot of people agree with that. I think that the Bears are better than they get credit for. And so far... The Buccaneers have no impressive wins on their roster, and this offense doesn't look that good. Um, they're dealing with a lot of injuries, but the offensive line, Jedrick Wills has been great, but yeah. left uh, left tackle. Uh, Tristan Wirfs? No, 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 no. No, Tristan Wirfs is on. Yeah, Tristan Wirfs. I got him and Jedrick Wills confused. My, my mistake, everybody. Mm-hmm. But their offensive line has looked decent. Left tackle got abused last week by Khalil Mack, and Robert Quinn had a great game. So this offense – has the pieces to be good, but I think it's more like they, they're names that you know, but they're not necessarily that good on like actually on the field. Yeah. So Jimmy, I guess my question then would be, do you think it's more something to do with the players not performing to the, the level that we would maybe expect from them? I mean, I know Rob Gronkowski unretired to come play with Brady and he's still not really performing the way we expected him to. Or do you think at this point it could be a coaching thing where Bruce Arians, I know, you know, after their first loss, he kind of, deflected some of that blame and put it on his players so I mean where's where's your head at with kind of how this offense is performing through the first five games yeah I going into the season this team remind me a lot of to bring basketball into it but LeBron when he first went to the heat where they had us a really star-studded team but it took a little bit for that um, chemistry to kind of build and so that's what I initially thought but it just I feel like there's too much talent on that offense for it not to be clicking. So I don't know if it is a coaching thing, but Arians has shown he can have success. He had it in Carolina, his time with the Colts, or not Carolina, Arizona, his time with the Colts. Um, Honestly, the Buccaneers are just, I'm I'm confused on why they're not doing better than many expected. I I guess you kind of have to put on the coach at this point, but they, I don't know if maybe just Brady doesn't really fit that system and they need to change it up a little bit, but Brady is also the most accomplished quarterback of all time. So you expect to be able to get this team going in the right direction, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know. I think it might just be too early to start pointing fingers and they just need to 
work through these kinks on a really weird off season. And they have a lot of new weapons that just need to kind of mesh together a little bit. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about the wide receivers a little bit more, but Gage, I'm glad you mentioned Chris Godwin because I think he was almost poised for a better season than Mike Evans at this point. You know, he had a really strong finish to his 2019 season and I'm not sure if he'll be able to go on Sunday, but if he is able to play uh, Godwin and Mike Evans are going to be probably the the best tandem that this Packers defense has seen so far. So I guess maybe we can start uh, with this Packers secondary. Kevin King is really the only player right now on the Packers defense that hasn't been able to practice yet this week. And it is early, you know, this episode will be out on Thursday. So there is time for Kevin to be practicing before Sunday's game. But if Kevin King can't go, what do you think that means for the secondary or whoever maybe plays on the boundary in his place, covering a guy like Mike Evans or Chris Godwin? Um, so let's, I'm going to operate on the assumption. I don't think Godwin plays, uh, Godwin like practiced for the first time in a while, uh, yesterday. Um, he's rehabbing a hamstring injury. Obviously soft tissue injuries are really finicky. As we saw with Devante, we thought he was going to play for two more, like two more games after his injury. And he never saw the field granted the Atlanta game. He maybe could have in his mind, but he didn't. I just think that they're going to, I think they're going to hold Godwin out a little bit longer just to really make sure he's good to go. And in that case, and even if Kevin King doesn't play, you're going to put Jair on Mike Evans. I don't really care about the height difference that's there. It's a pretty big one, but Jair shut down Calvin Ridley and Kevin King had a great game, had a great game against Julio Jones. Uh, The main thing with this Buccaneers offense, especially with Brady not having great arm strength is they want to operate on the idea of generating yards after the catch and Mike and Jair limits those as one of the best corners in the league in terms of tackling. Like I, throughout the season so far, I've seen a lot of guys going for big hits and then they miss and they don't get the tackle. They're like, Oh, well I hit him and see, yeah, you got to tackle him. Jair loves to hit people, but he loves to wrap up and tackle, which is great. And Mike Evans, isn't the quickest guy around. So Jair can really get into him, really slow him down in that way. Shannon Sullivan has been quietly the best slot corner in football thus far. I just saw the stat right before we got on here he has the best passer rating against in terms of all slot corners in uh, the NFL right now at about, I think, 53 and a half or so. So in the slot, he's going to match up with guys like Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. I think Justin Watson may or may not play. And Tyler Johnson looked good, but he's but Shannon's more than good enough to hang with him still. So if Godwin plays and, and King misses, I think that it's a big week for Kadar Hallman, who has who probably has to step up because Josh Jackson just isn't getting it right now. Jackson at we're what three year in year three now, and he's still just isn't quite clicking at the level you would hope for. Um, and he's not getting the regular, he's not getting regular snaps as a result of it. So if King misses and Godwin plays, I think that it's a big week for Kadar Hallman to step up and show he can be the fourth guy and really push Jackson down because Jackson's just, he's not what you wanted. He's, I don't know if it's because of scheme or what his issue is. It's just he's not fitting in this defense like everyone would have hoped he would. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. 
Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers and his presser a couple weeks ago had said that Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones are a really dynamic pairing because they make the defense kind of pick their poison, whether, you know, you kind of load up the box and play like a traditional base or you load up your secondary in like a nickel or dime to get kind of that pass pro against receipt or against running backs who can also play in the passing game. So Jimmy, I know that Jamal Williams is Ronald Jones training partner. The Buccaneers mm-hmm. also have Leonard Fournette on the roster. What do you think the best matchup is for this Packers defense kind of trying to eliminate Ronald Jones as that same kind of dynamic weapon that the Packers have in Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams? Yeah, they're going to have to – I think that's honestly going to be their biggest test is shutting down that run game. Um, with it's, I believe it's two weeks in a row now. Ronald Jones has over, has over 100 yards rushing. Um, with Fournette being out, and is, is Fournette coming back this week? Ivan? Fournette was actually active last week, but he was active in a break glass in case of emergency yeah. type situation. Yeah. So he he was active, but he didn't he didn't do anything. Um, yeah. So I think he'll be like fully back this week and able to play. Keyshawn Vaughn will be interesting to watch. He left the game early last week, at right after coincidentally it was right after a fumble. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so shutting down Ronald Jones is going to be uh, extremely important. I really, I don't know, something with Brady right now, I I want to make Brady beat us, as crazy as that sounds. Shutting down that running game is going to be huge for the Packers defense and getting Kenny Clark back and uh, that new confidence you've seen in Tyler uh, Lancaster and Kingsley Kiki on that defensive line. Um, and now bringing back in Kenny Clark on there too is going to, I think we're going to see a really improved defensive line going in this week. And I think it's going to surprise people and, we we took Calvin Ridley, who had three games of 100 plus yards receiving, and shut him down to zero. So obviously, you're not going to shut Ronald Jones down to zero yards rushing. But I think I think we're going to see a really good really good performance out of this defensive line to kind of slow Rojo down. Yeah, and I think a big big thing that this Packers defense, you know, Mike Patton talked about it, things that they wanted to work on during the bye were, of course, tackling. I think it was like 14 missed tackles against the Saints, 10 against the Falcons. So this is something that this Packers defense needs to work on. Kenny Clark coming back should kind of help stuff up the middle a little bit. But, you know, we saw it with Drew Brees where they operated a lot of dink and dunk, which is something that we know Tom Brady will do with his limited arm strength as he ages. But it was Elvin Kamara who was able to beat this Packers defense on chunk plays that he, you know, took for huge gains because the Packers weren't able to tackle effectively. So depending on, I know that Kamal Martin is back at practice. Doesn't sound like he'll be elevated off of injured reserve just yet uh, to come back to the active roster, but it sounds like he's working towards that. So 
Gage, we've seen both Ty Summers and Chris Barnes kind of wear that communication helmet for this Packers defense against Atlanta. What are your thoughts on kind of how these guys match up both against the Falcons tight ends? And maybe who do you see taking a bigger step this week as kind of the leader in that middle of the defense? So for the most part uh, against tight ends, the big issue for Green Bay's like linebackers and just defense in general covering safeties in the last decade or so has been against athletic quick tight ends. Cameron Braid is an okay athlete, but they don't utilize him as much as they should, considering he's still a really talented player and they're paying him a lot of money to be there. But Gronk is not the guy he was. Like he's dealing with an injury right now, but even before, even week one when he was healthy, he looked slow. He's not fast. He's just got size. So for that, in that way, I think that the Green Bay defense can actually match up really well with him because they're not going to get beat by him like from him running way faster than a guy of his stature should there now the one thing they're gonna have to worry about is being bullied um just because he's still big he's still 260 pounds or whatever it is and he can so he can generate natural separation by running up and not pushing off but just running into you and moving over granted he got called for that on the thursday night game which is rare uh, but he just he's good at making separation and you got to get into his jersey early and slow him down because this Tampa Bay offensive line isn't great and his whole thing is t- he, he needs timing to get out into his route um, in terms of the running backs I think Ty Summers and Chris Barnes are actually a really good matchup for uh, a guy like Ronald Jones who's been the lead guy so far this year I think I still think Fournette's a better running back but Jones is the one that's playing really well right now and I think that these guys like Summers and Barnes have the speed to get after Jones outside. So it's just a matter of uh, the front keeping them clean and allowing them to go make a play because they can run sideline to sideline with Jones, who is a quick guy. But I, I think that this is actually a good matchup. It's just a matter of the offensive line. I think that this offensive line is definitely worse than the one that we saw in New Orleans. And so I think that for that reason, if, especially if Kenny Clark comes back, this defensive line can really slow down the blockers up front and allow uh, Summers and Barnes to play downhill and really get after it. When they're playing downhill and using their athleticism, that's how they make plays. When this defense is being aggressive, really flowing towards the ball, that's when they're making plays. It's when they're sitting back and waiting that that's when they, like Alvin Kamara, comes out of the backfield and makes them look silly. Be aggressive and go after the ball. Don't wait for the ball to come to you. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that we're seeing that a little bit too with uh, Mike Pettin's use of uh, Raven Green. I know he came back uh, healthier. He was kind of limited the first couple games. He's back now pretty much in full swing. He tallied a sack against the Falcons, which was impressive on kind of like a a slot blitz. Um, So Jimmy, do you have any similar thoughts to Gage? I know, you know, we talked about this a little bit pre-show. with Preston Smith dropping into coverage, you know, there was kind of the rumor going around social media that maybe he was having difficulties because he was being asked to drop into coverage uh, more frequently. And then the numbers came out that that was not in fact the case. And he's still being utilized just about the exact same way that he was last year. So yeah. I think Kenny Clark coming back helps Preston's numbers. As Gage said, you give kind of these guys a better opportunity to attack. Rashawn Gary should be back this week. So that, that whole front seven really should be at full health kind of going into this game as Gage alluded to as well with a weaker Bucks offensive line. And we also know that Tom Brady is not mobile at this point in his career. So if you can rattle him in the pocket, that's probably the key to success on Sunday. Yeah. I think Kenny Clark coming back to the defense is the biggest person that's going to impact is Preston Smith. Um, especially even Rashawn Gary, like at some points during the game, we're going to have Gary, 
um, Zadarius, Kenny, and Preston all rushing at Tom Brady. So it's going to be nice to see that because that's going to be the first time since the first half of week one. So I think Kenny Clark just – he's – you have the best pass rushing nose tackle in the NFL. Um, and it's naturally – you're going to have to focus on the inside more now. And that's going to give Preston more chances to have some one-on-one on the outside with um, some offensive tackles and – moving Zadarius around to bringing Rashawn in there. Like there's going to be times where because he hasn't performed that well this season so far, he's going to be the third or even fourth guy in that circumstance that the offensive line is really going to be worrying about. So they're, they're going to move the running back over by Zadarius side or bring the tight end maybe over by Zadarius side and key on Zadarius coming in the middle for that protection. Um, this could be a huge game for Preston Smith to kind of show people and shut up some doubters one right here unfortunately <laughs> but uh i know he's really talented but now that we finally have our defensive line together um i'm kenny clark is going to bring a new juice to this defensive line because i'm, I'm very excited about it um but this kind of goes backtracks a little bit could you imagine the year that chris barnes and ty summers are having right now going from getting released and then ty summers not playing any defensive snaps and now the quarterbacks that ty's been in on have been drew Brees, matt ryan and Tom Brady, three or two MVPs and a Super Bowl champion. Like that's super weird year for them to go from just not being released and then Ty Summers' first snaps come against three, for sure two Hall of Famers, maybe one possible edge Hall of Famers. Kind of uh, been an interesting roller coaster for for Ty and Chris Barnes. Yeah, and I don't want to open up any old wounds for anybody listening, but Patrick Queen just won uh, his first uh, defensive player of the week with the Ravens for his exceptional performance on Sunday. So to think about the production that the Packers are getting from their inside linebackers unit, knowing that, you know, I know Oren Burks right now is kind of playing outside linebacker instead, but not having anyone in that room higher than a third round draft pick and relying heavily on an undrafted player. It is nice to see them having success in the middle of the defense when they could have maybe traded up for a guy like Patrick Queen, who is also playing really well, or Kenneth Murray, um, who's with the Chargers and had a really nice game on Sunday as well. Do you, um, with Oren Burks, with Gary coming back in now, do you think we see, still see Oren Burks on the edge at some plays, or do you think they're going to start moving him back to maybe the middle middle of the field, which he hasn't really been too much? But I think that they should. I don't see any. I, I think that the idea that a guy has to play exclusively in one spot is foolish we saw it with Zedarius in week four against the Falcons that just move him around let your let your playmakers go make plays if Oren Burks is playing well in a spot let him go make a play there don't like just get your good play players on the field that's why the 49ers defense last year was so good they had playmakers all over their front they could they could send five and it's five just elite level players on this Green Bay defense you can send Zedarius Preston Gary Clark Oren Burks, you have elite guy. You have guys that can go make plays. Let your playmakers go make plays. I don't agree with this idea that guys have to play exclusively in one spot, and that's why they aren't successful. I think that the way you have a successful defense is putting your guys in spots to go make plays, and if they're good in one area, just it'll work with it. Work around. Like if you got to make someone else pull up, pull on another job because this guy is really good at this spot, then so be it. Also, the injury report is out. I'm going to run through it real fast. Devontae Adams, full participant practice. Jair was limited with a hand and knee injury. Chris Barnes, limited with a shoulder injury. Kenny Clark, full participant. We love to see that. Tyler Irvin did not practice with a wrist injury. Rashawn Gary was limited with an ankle injury. Kevin King did not participate with a quad injury. Uh, Big dog, Mercedes Lewis, knee injury, limited participant. 
Uh, and then Zadarius Smith with an ankle, full participation. Chandon Sullivan, concussion, full participation. So a lot of good news there. Sweet. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you as well, Gage, I know that you kind of, you know, I, I keep saying that you bring the fantasy angle, but I think a name that a lot of fans listening probably won't be as familiar with on the Buccaneers is Scotty Miller, who's really kind of stepped up and played well in Chris Godwin's absence. So kind of knowing what we've seen from the Packers safeties right now and kind of how they've been shuffling around, how that secondary has looked, if Kevin King isn't a go, what do you know of Scotty Miller that maybe you can introduce Packers fans to, and how does he fit against this Packers defense? The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. If you guys watched the New England offense over the last 20 years with Tom Brady, he is Julian Edelman. He is <laughs> he's Wes Welker. That's that's his job. He's this he's the smaller slot guy. Like he's not he's not a big guy. He's not he's 5'11, 174. And he's probably not 174. He's probably lighter than that. That's just his listed weight. He's not a big guy by any stretch of the imagination. Chan and Sullivan in the slot is a great matchup against him. And it's not, and I think that he he's really good at generating natural separation. He's got 15 of 21 targets on the year for 250 yards, which puts him second on the team behind uh, Mike Evans, who has 271 yards on another 14 targets. So in seven more catches, Scotty Miller only has 21 fewer yards. So uh, Miller's a good uh, good athlete. He uh, has the ability to generate separation and this offense is all about throwing the ball. So he's, if he's healthy, cause he missed, uh, cause he didn't start in week. He didn't start in week five. Uh, Tyler Johnson got the start there, but Miller is a good, he's a good player. You got to watch out for him. He's not, he's not, he's not going to sneak up on you in terms of like, you know, that he's going to be there. Cause he's been talked about all off season long as being the third guy behind uh, Godwin and Evans. And if Evans and Godwin play, that just makes Miller's life even easier because then there's, that's one less, like coverage guy that can be dedicated to him. Um, so if they, so if he gets mismatched on a linebacker like Chris Barnes or Ty Summers, he has an advantage there. It's, it's important for Chandon to have a good game. Uh, and if the safety's like Savage or Amos is in charge of sticking with him, they're have to, they got to get physical with him. He doesn't have size, get physical with him on the line of scrimmage, which is what granted. That's what I think this entire defense needs to do. I hate watching guys play 10 yards off. I, I, I love the bump and red coverage. I think it's great. I think that if you have the athletes to do it, then you should do it. And Miller's the type of guy that if you really jostle him at the line of scrimmage, it's going to mess up his entire route and it's going to mess up his himself for the entire play. Yeah. I, I like that analysis a lot. And I think that that'll help. I like that you also made a Patriots connection because you know, why not? We're seeing Tom Brady in the NFC now. So Jimmy, before we wrap things up, I just wanted to, I'll, I'll circle back with both of you, but if you could pick one key matchup or one key to success for this Packers defense, either a player or a unit, what are you going to be most focused on with this Bucks offense versus Packers defense on Sunday? 
Um, I really want this defensive line to get a pass rush on Brady. Uh, last week it was, they had three sacks against him. Um, Cleo Mack, he got that really nice eye roll from Tom once he realized mm-hmm. that <laughs> Mack hit him again. Uh, and they haven't given up a sack at home yet this season, so I really want the Packers to be the first team to get to sack Brady in Tampa Bay, uh, which would be a fun little thing to to brag about just to people who like Tom Brady. Uh, but that's a big thing is just getting this, this defensive line um, at the quarterback. I think that would be huge. All right, Gage, how about you? You stole mine. That's what I was going to go <laughs> with. Um, Thank you for asking gonna... me first. Yeah, specifically, I was going to say the right, uh, the left tackle matchup of uh, just Donovan Smith versus whoever goes against them. Uh, Trista Wirfs has played really well this year, so I think that Donovan Smith is the one that's really under the microscope. So since you took that, I'm going to say it's going to be these linebackers versus the running backs. I think Fournette plays this week. I just don't know how much, and I think that it's going to be big for them to really stick with those guys. This offense that for Green Bay has really been clicking this season, Get the, but you can't have them sitting on the sideline. They're on the sideline. They can't make plays. They can't score points for you. And letting and we've seen Green Bay get beaten up in the past couple of years by teams that run the ball really well. And while Ronald Jones isn't the best pure runner, this team is playing really well. They're averaging four, they're, he's averaging 4.9 yards per carry in respect to Jones, and then Fournette is 5.1. So, they're averaging a good, healthy yards per carry. They can move the ball on this defense, and those long, sustained drives keep the score low, keep the defense on the field, wears them out, and then late in the game, that's when they can hit a big play to a guy like Mike Evans or Cambray, Chris Godwin, Tyler Johnson even. So that's so my big thing is Ty Summers and Chris Barnes against these two, uh, against these two running backs for Tampa. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all kind of in agreement and that makes it less interesting, but having Kenny Clark back and Kingsley Kiki in the middle and then being able to keep Zadarius Smith as kind of that roaming nose with Preston and Gary off the edge, I really like that as a front five. And I really think that that is going to be one of the keys on Sunday is to get pressure on Tom Brady because as my Paxlichy said co-host Barry Goldstein says, he turtles, he just kind of tucks into his shell the second he feels any pressure and he can't really elude the pocket. So That'll be one of the keys. And I also think, you know, we'll see what happens with Kevin King. It feels, mm, given his injury history in the past, it might be a game that they keep him out of. But then I think we can expect to see a lot more of Raven Green. I don't know if maybe Shannon Sullivan bounces to the boundary and then we see Raven Green on a guy like Scotty Miller if he kind of fills in. Will Redmond was doing a little bit in the slot in place of Shannon Sullivan against the Falcons. So we'll see how that matchup is. But I do agree with both of you, of course. I think pressure is going to be key, and seeing how this uh, Packers front with Kenny Clark back matches up against that Buccaneers O-line. So before we wrap things up, Gage, if the people want to follow you on social media, find all of your fantastic content, where can they do that? You can follow me on Twitter, at GBridge for the NFL. Uh, I currently do rankings for fantasy over at Game On Wisconsin, as well as a podcast there twice a week, uh, a live stream every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, I do I generally do two to three articles per week for Rotoballer, as well as a couple of articles for – I do a lot. I do, if you follow my Twitter, you'll find all my content. Uh, it's kind of hard to just say where it's all at. I, I will be doing actually a game preview for just the game, for just the Green Bay game this week, on it'll come out Sunday morning with uh, Tyler Gresgork and I think probably Mike Wendland will be on there with me this week. Awesome, Jimmy. Where can the people find your work? Yeah, uh, find me at Jimmy underscore C zero eight. All my stuff's on goes on to my Twitter. I write an article every Tuesday for Packer Report. Uh, I have a show every 
Tuesday with um, Jacob and Jamal Williams for his uh, swag bag giveaway for his Christmas toy drive. So be sure to donate. Check that show out. 6 p.m. Central Time every Tuesday. Wednesday night, uh, Lombardi's Bar with um, Dan and Todd over on Game Out, Wisconsin. And then Thursdays, you guys can listen to my beautiful voice on Packaday. <laughs> Which they are doing right now. And you can yeah. find me <laughs> on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. I podcast with Perry Goldstein that usually comes out Fridays on the Packs with Cheesehead podcast. And you can also catch Perry and me because we're always together on Monday evenings on happy hour through game on Wisconsin. Um, It's a live show. We encourage you to bring alcohol and questions and we talk football for an hour. So thank you as always for listening to the pack a day podcast. Go pack, go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.